Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is your host, Camille Marty. I just want to give a quick shout out to every single person that listens. I honestly have no expectations of this podcast. I have intentions and my desire for this podcast and how I want it to grow, but just the fact that people listen is mind-boggling to me. I started this out with saying, you know, honestly, if five people listen to it, I'll be happy. And the fact that all these people are listening, it just makes me so thankful. I want to give a shout out to people who are in the start of the semester or have started a new job. They're maybe a senior, they're a freshman in college, they're a freshman in high school, maybe a new start for you. And it's getting to that point, you know, in the semester or even if you're a teacher or something that you're kind of like, okay, I'm in this. I need to focus. I need to study. I need to be here, be present. And it can get really overwhelming and it can get really frustrating. So I just want to give a shout out to everybody who is in that place. If you guys are in that place, it's okay. It happens. You'll eventually be out of school and you'll eventually move on from this. Just keep your head up and quitting isn't an option. I mean, unless it's a really bad situation, it's something that you're not passionate about, something that you're not happy with. Other than that, kill it. Go kill it. Don't quit. Just push yourself and you got it. Whoever's listening, you got this. Anyways, my random inspiration for the day, I just felt the need to say that. I'm getting to that point myself and it's kind of just like oh Camille you got this it's okay it's really important to lighten your load or change your environment if you really need to so I just wanted to give a shout out to that so really quickly we have a really interesting podcast episode this week if you can't tell from the title we're talking about our relationship with food meaning what food looks like to us how unhealthy relationships with food looks and all of that stuff but right before we get into it the journal prompt for this week is Am I feeling safe in my job, my mind, my personal life, in relationship? Is there anything that I'd like to find more security in? It's kind of not related to our episode here, but if you find yourself in a relationship that's constantly in drama, constantly feeling like you have to watch your back before you say anything, or you feel like you need to watch your back or someone's going to say something about you, or feeling just that you are on high alert all the time, you can't be comfortable around people. This is a very neglected, toxic thing that people deal with a lot. A lot of times, you know, you feel a little on edge, but they're still fun to be around. They're still nice sometimes, most of the time. And you kind of just stay involved in that situation. If you're not having a good relationship with somebody, it's really important for you to have that conversation. If your relationships with somebody is like this, it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had. And if that conversation doesn't lead to any change, then definitely find yourself some better friends, find yourself some better relationships. So I want you guys to think about that. Think about where you feel safe in, where you feel comfortable in. I don't mean safe is in a bad way. I mean, safe is in a, I feel security in this, you know, thinking about my friendships and my relationships and everything that do I feel safe in this do I feel respected do I feel comfortable around this person and you know just uh, kind of honestly be grateful for those people more than anything more than complaining about it but to be grateful for them that's the journal prompt for this week real quickly this disclaimer for this week's episode is that I struggle with my relationship with food a lot 
honestly all the time. And research about this study and paying more mind to this has helped me to improve my relationship with food even more in the last couple of weeks. But I'm not a professional, so just take these as one woman's experience. You know, I might say something that you don't agree with or you don't feel comfortable with and totally just, you know, keep that in your mind. But this is my experience. This is some of the research that I've done. And I want to just help people out that might have a negative relationship with food. So let's get right into the episode. Food is such a complex thing. It's one of those few basic necessities for life, and it's our main source of nutrients. These are all obvious things that we know. Taking biology classes, you learn all about the different organisms of the world, what they eat, what conditions they need to live in, what they need to survive, what they're shaped like, what their shape has a function. And as simple as this sounds, we should relate it to ourselves because we are a part of the world and we are an organism in this world. We are just like any of the organisms in the world. We require a certain amount of nutrients for life and so on. We need food to survive. It's a simple fact. We also need a certain amount of food depending upon the movement and activities that we do every single day. These are very simple concepts. Everyone knows this, but taking it back to what can get so overwhelming sometimes, which is, you know, the way that you look, your weight, your body, what you eat, all of these things, all the social pressures of what you should be doing to take it back and simplify it. You know, when you get in your head a lot about what you're doing, take it back and say, you know what, like, why am I thinking for 30 minutes about what I'm going to eat? I'm going to eat whatever I feel like I need to eat right now. Like whatever is the best decision for me, whichever is the balance is balance, the most balance, Whatever is the most balanced decision for me today, that's what I'm going to do. I mean, honestly, that's what we're getting at is just to simplify what might be a little overwhelming for some people. If you work outside and if you sweat, you need a different amount of food than someone who works inside. If you are younger, you need a certain amount of food than someone who is older and so on. We all have completely different requirements for food. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the function of food plays in our bodies, how we can start looking at food in a new way, and myth-busting about food. The goal of today's podcast is to put yourself in check and to be honest with yourself about your relationship with food. We all have different views on food and its role in our bodies, and I want to discuss how to help navigate that in a helpful way. Again, another disclaimer is that I'm not a dietitian, and we'll talk more about the subject when I get a dietitian on. Hopefully, that is a dream guest that I would like to have is a dietitian or a personal trainer or something to really break down the science of it. Most of this research that we've done is from websites on the internet that are going to be cited underneath this episode and also just my anatomy and physiology nutrition chapter. So, Take this as just a 18-year-old girl doing research on the situation and not as a Bible for what you should be doing. I had a different experience with food growing up than most people. My parents were very particular about what I ate. I had green smoothies when I was 10. My favorite food was bananas instead of chicken nuggets. I think I've had McDonald's three times in my life before I was 12, like never, ever, ever, unless it was with my grandmother. Back then, I absolutely hated it, but now I'm super thankful that they educated me on the stuff young, so it wasn't so foreign to me when I finally decided to listen. Throughout my life, I knew that vegetables were healthy and McDonald's was horrible for you. 
food was super black and white for me. And I knew that when I was eating at cookout that I was indulging in something fun and good. And it was bad for me, but it tasted so, so good. I'm just kind of breaking down the psychology of what might have been wrong or what might, what might have made my younger self have such a bad relationship with food. So when I was able to afford food for myself and I started driving around and eating whatever I wanted, worst of all, when I started working at the fast food industry and I ate every single day all the things that I had been told my whole life was a luxury and not a regular, I went a little crazy. To take it lightly, (laughs) take a kid who's probably only had McDonald's three times in my life, just like I said, and get her working at Bojangles and see if she won't dream about what she's going to eat next. I literally ate Bojangles every single day of my life. And before that, I had had fast food maybe once a week. So it was a huge change for me. It's not that I was like in love with food, but I thought about it way too much. And almost just as much as I thought about what I look like. So I began this cycle of, ooh, I want to eat Supremes wrapped in bacon, deep fried to, oh my gosh, I just ate all that. I'm so fat to then it went to, okay, so since I'm so fat and since I work in fast food tomorrow, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to work a 13 hour shift and just not eat. Then I would be miserable all day and hate myself even more. This is a cycle of an unhealthy relationship with food. I could give you several scenarios and you might relate to one of them that you see yourself in. Maybe you're a college student and you are scared of the freshman 15 or you got the freshman 15. So you just decide to not eat at the cafeteria anymore to save yourself more weight gain. Maybe you're in a stable loving relationship and your significant other loves to feed you. So you've gained weight and now you've lost yourself in the dislike of your body and you start to not even be yourself anymore. Maybe you had a baby and you struggle between back and forth of I had a kid and that's amazing and I should be focused on taking care of them, but I'm also losing myself and I'm not feeling beautiful in the process. These are all very common situations where people have a negative relationship with food and it relates to unnecessary weight loss or weight gain and restriction binge cycles, not to mention a lot of self-doubt. People all around the world struggle with what they look like every single day. We could talk about the statistics and theories behind why that is, but that's not our goal today. If you have found yourself struggling with the way that you look, talking negatively about your body constantly, bringing down yourself because of your weight, I want you to look at your relationship with food. I don't just mean what you're eating. My question is, when you go to eat or you sit down to eat or after you're done eating, what are your thoughts? Do you feel bad about it? Do you get excited? Do you care at all? Do you go for what sounds good and not give it another thought? Think about what it is. And if it's not an everyday thing, think about how your thoughts and food change when you're having a bad body image day. Do you want to eat less? Do you want to eat more? Another way of self-reflection is to find out if you're an emotional eater, a bored eater, all those things. Try and see any of these patterns in yourself. So now I want you to try to find the trigger for these behaviors. Is it because you feel fat or gross that day? Is it because someone told you that burgers were unhealthy so now you feel like every time you eat a burger you don't deserve to eat anything else? I know these are simple terms, 
but we can get so caught up with what we look like and what someone told us one time about health and just be so utterly confused about what we should be eating and doing. A lot of people don't feel the effort to change their lifestyles because they don't want to give up their favorite foods because they feel like being healthy is eating 800 calories of lean meats and egg whites and grass. (laughs) That's what a lot of people think that health is. In all reality, we need to get back to the core of the issue. Why has food become this evil thing or turning into something that it's not? Food isn't a comfort. It isn't a bad decision. It's not something that should be regretted. It's certainly not something that should take up a significant part of your life. A good sign that you're having or a bad sign that you're having an unhealthy relationship with food is to look at how much you think about it. When I tell you all I thought about my whole life was food. It's insane. I watched food videos on YouTube. I read nutrition books. My entire explore page on Instagram was I kid you not workouts, healthy food, before and afters, etc. And I'm not saying this because I'm trying to diagnose anyone. However, it's so easy to spend so much time thinking about our next meals and our weight and what we're going to fit into at a certain clothing or comparing ourselves to other people's eating habits or our eating habits from the past. I think that's a huge part of the problem. Remember, what's food? It's a basic necessity that we need and that fuels us to go through our day. Food is fuel. That's it. So now that we've talked about what food is and looking at our relationship with food, this is the part that you've all been waiting for. So Camille, what do I eat? (laughs) That's the thing. You can literally eat anything, not all at once and definitely in moderation, but you can truly eat anything. It's a crazy thought because of how we've always had diet culture ingrained in our brains, but it's true. There's no food on the no-no list. Now that being said, there is just one thing to pay attention to, your caloric intake. This is where we're going to break down the science of the fine line between what everyone wants to say and what I just said and what I explained to you is just eat whatever you want. And then you say, okay, but there's fat people in the world. Like if everyone just ate whatever they want, then we all be fat, which is not necessarily true because people have different metabolisms. But I want to talk about how we moderate that while still having no foods on the no-no list. It's a very interesting concept. So your caloric intake, your individual caloric intake is specific to each person, depending on your activity level, depending on your height, depending on your weight, depending on your age, depending on your gender. You probably heard me talking about it before, but there is a BMR calendar that will take all of those things into consideration and spit you out a caloric number. I will put it in the show notes again, but however, this is not 100% accurate. I want you guys to keep this in mind. The calculator doesn't know any of the activities that you do. It doesn't know how much you sweat per day. It doesn't know, take into account the changes in your activity every single day. That being said, take the BMR calendar as a rough estimate It took me about three months of calculating what I ate to get a general idea of what I averaged every day and lots of realization that I wasn't eating enough. I use this app called Lose It and I definitely recommend it to people who want to start calorie counting or just any calorie counting app. It doesn't really matter what the app is. You're just putting in a rough estimate of what you ate that day. The goal is to not be obsessed over it. Give yourself a rust estimate. Don't calculate your condiment. It's not an obsessive thing. If you forget something, it's totally okay. And if you go of your quote unquote limit for the day, it's not that big of a deal. 
I can't stress enough how much this is supposed to be a helpful tool, but please use it with caution. Everything in moderation. I haven't tracked my calories in the app for so long, but I'm aware of the general calories for what I'm eating a day because I pay attention to those things in my environment. I see, okay, I'm going to go get a Chick-fil-A sandwich that's about 450 calories. Cool. Sounds good. And I just kind of put it in the back of my brain. I'm not super rigorous about it because I kind of know, you know, when I eat an apple, it's this amount of calories. And then when I eat, you know, this peanut butter thing that I've had 50 times before, I know the calories in it. So it's kind of a mental calculator. And then I just throw it away. I don't really think about it again by the end of the day. Calorie tracking not only helps you to be in a calorie deficit or a surplus to affect your metabolism, but my main purpose of bringing this information to the table is to help you see the difference between eating whatever you want and being cautious about the food you eat. There's a very fine line between those two things, just like I said. To simplify this, if I eat roughly 1,800 calories per day, I could go and eat a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit with hash browns and a sweet tea for breakfast. That's about 800 calories. Then for lunch, I could go and get a hamburger and fries and a Coke, which is about 1,000 calories. So now we're right there over what we need to be eating. So I could either feel awful about what I'm eating and just not eat for the rest of the night and be hungry, or I could go ahead and go eat spaghetti meatballs and more sweet tea for dinner, and now we're pushing 300 calories. That's the difference between eating whatever you want, or what I recommend the most to people is, this is just an example, but this is very similar to what I might eat in a day. We could cook two eggs at home with some lean sausage and toast and jam. That's about 350 calories. For lunch, we could make a turkey and veggie wrap with a spinach wrap, some hummus, carrots, cucumbers on the side, whatever, 400 calories. An afternoon sap could be apples and peanut butter, 350. Dinner is stuffed pears, cauliflower rice, 500 calories. Dessert is some Halo Top ice cream or, you know, chocolate banana smoothie, something like that that tastes like ice cream, 250. All right, guys, that's 1,850 calories. That's exactly my caloric intake for the day. Literally, it's insane. And no, again, I didn't look these up in a calorie calculator. I just kind of figured it out in my brain because I've done this enough. So the calorie app is just to kind of get you in the right directions because some people might not realize really what a calorie is or how that affects you or the difference between fast food calories and true calories that you can make at your house. I mean, when I cook a meal, it doesn't matter if it's literally identical to something I could buy at a restaurant, it's automatically going to be less calories. I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have that second day amount of food. And not only that, you're going to go to bed, you're going to feel good about yourself, you're going to feel you know, nice and okay, I'm full, I'm satisfied, I'm nourished, I'm going to go sleep good, or maybe even work out and you have that nutritional value. You think that the first one would be better for people who work out more, but the second one has a lot of protein in there, a lot of fat all that stuff and definitely going to help with people who are working out. You can even eat exactly what I said in the first scenario, but just by replacing certain ingredients and making it at your house, you can automatically make that exact same recipes, but make it in your calorie level. So you can have spaghetti and meatballs and whatever, make it at the house and you can have a sausage egg and cheese English muffin, make that at the house and you can have, what did I say? Hamburgers and fries and make that at the house. And that's probably going to be in your, you know, 1800 mark if you just replace some of the different ingredients. So my point is that 
It's not about what you're eating, but the nutritional value to calorie ratio is so much better when you eat more whole foods, cook at home, and pay attention to ingredients. This thinking has made me love you know, food and cooking and all of the things that are involved in that when I used to honestly dread it. I no longer dread how I'm going to feel after lunch. I no longer feel hungry, but I'm guilty because I already ate too much that day. Food is used to fuel me in the most nutritious way possible. It's not used to indulge comfort. And most importantly, it's not used against myself as a punishment. Something that I could recommend to people who want to get constant information about this is to follow intuitive eating. Intuitive eating principles all align with what I just said. So according to intuitiveeating.org, the 10 principles of intuitive eating are, number one, reject diet culture. Stop depriving your body for what it needs. Yes, you need carbs. Yes, you need fats. These things are not the devil. Number two, honor your hunger. I prefer to eat when I'm hungry. And if I'm not hungry at 12 p.m., then I'll just wait till later. And if I am or tomorrow I'm hungry at 10.30 a.m., then I'll eat at 10.30 a.m., As long as you're listening to what you need and not overeating, then do what you want. Number three, make peace with food. You and food are a working together team. Respect what it does for you and don't be scared of it. Number four, challenge the food police. Every person you see on the internet is not 100% accurate. When someone tells you that eating fruits is bad for you because it has too many sugars, challenge it. When someone says you can't eat that, challenge that. Number five. Discover the satisfaction factor. What makes you the most satisfied with the nutrition facts? A bag of Takis or a happy balanced meal? Your choice, eat what satisfies you. Number six, feel your fullness. When you're done, know your limits and don't be afraid to put away the food you don't feel like you should eat. A lot of times kids are brought up to, you know, quote unquote, eat everything on your plate or no dessert or you can't go outside or whatever. But that teaches kids to kind of go over their fullness level. Try to break this habit. Number seven, cope with your emotional kindness. Why are you restricting? Why are you binging? Why do you feel like what you're eating is directly related to how you feel about your body? Some interesting things to think about. Number eight, respect your body. Recognize your genetic makeup. It's okay to look different. That's the best part about us. Don't expect to drastically change your body structure. Remember your why. Number nine, movement. Feel the difference. A huge one. You will feel significantly more motivated and lighter when you eat what your body needs. You'll hopefully be getting the right vitamins and feel better physically. Not to mention that all your brain space will be freed up from not obsessing over your body. Number 10, honor your health. Gentle nutrition. Remember that you don't have to eat perfectly to be healthy. You will not suddenly become healthy from one snack, one meal, or one day of eating. It's what you eat consistently over time that matters. Progress, not perfection. So in conclusion, this might sound slightly repetitive and simple to people who don't struggle with food. But again, this is for those who find themselves battling food and their bodies constantly. A lot of this is also common in people with eating disorders. We're going to be having an open conversation about eating disorders with a guest very soon. So get ready, guys. But If you see someone you are close with struggling with food or overeating or feeling like they're never full or feeling always hungry but don't want to eat, 
those might be things that you could help them on. You may also not fully recognize that your food directly affects you every time, but after you implement some of these, you will feel less mood swings, a more comfortable outlook on your body, more hormonal balance, and a lot of other stuff. I highly recommend this way of eating. If you feel like you have a good relationship with food, but you aren't satisfied with your weight, refer back to my tips on the calorie intake because that's really a game changer for me. I would go through different swings of, okay, I've not been obsessing over food, but I still don't like the way that I look. Okay, or, oh, I'm obsessing over the way that I'm eating and I hate the way that I look. Like it's definitely a scale to one extreme to another. Or one day I'll just be like, I hate everything. I'm going to eat whatever I want and just not care about it. And of course, that doesn't make me feel better at all. So the point is that you pay attention to what you're eating, honor your satisfaction, feel full, be comfortable in that, realize when you're full, realize what makes you feel the best. And this might take a while. Honestly, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It took me a really long time. And again, I'm still struggling with this, but it's much better now than it was Before, when I had the worst relationship with food and honestly didn't even know what I was doing, I was so lost in it. My only thing that I could ever think to do was to just not eat because that was what I felt was going to help me the most. And it caused all those mood swings, all those hormonal imbalances, everything that I honestly am so thankful doesn't happen nearly as frequently when it comes to directly relating to food. Anyways, guys, that's the end of the episode. I hope you guys got some really solid information out of this. I'm really excited about next week's episode. And then we have another guest talking about eating disorders. So I'm super excited. Hope you guys liked this. And if you did, please give it a review and rate it on Apple Podcast and DM me on Instagram if you have any questions, just like I say all the time. Um, Hope you guys have an awesome day and I will see you next week. All right. Bye. Love you. Oh, don't forget to nourish, satisfy, and respect your heart, mind, and soul. 